April 21st reading of the One Year Bible. My name is Blake Farley, and you're listening to the Reading Through the Together, Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. Man, it's probably not a good sign if I can't even get the name of the podcast correct, but I am going to jump back into the fun that is the book of Joshua. I really do enjoy this book, but there is a lot of names in here that are very hard to pronounce. And just as a reminder, I'm just inviting you into my personal devotion life. I'm not pre-planning these podcasts, and I'm going to read it for the first time with you today, and I'm very excited about that. I'm going to share my thoughts, and I'd love for you to share your thoughts as well as we read here through the New Living Translation. We'll jump in with our Old Testament reading, Joshua chapter 22, verse 21, through chapter 23, verse 16. It says, Then the people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the clans of Israel, The Lord, the Mighty One, is God. The Lord the Mighty One is God. He knows the truth, and may Israel know it too. We have not built the altar in treacherous rebellion against the Lord. If we have done so, do not spare our lives this day. If we have built an altar for ourselves to turn away from the Lord, or to offer burnt offerings, or grain offerings, or peace offerings, may the Lord himself punish us. The truth is, we have built this altar because we fear that in the future your descendants will say to ours, we have... What right do you have to worship the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has placed the Jordan River as a barrier between our people and you, people of Reuben and Gad. You have no claim to the Lord, so your descendants may prevent our descendants from worshiping the Lord. So we decided to build the altar, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a memorial. It will remind our descendants and your descendants that we too have the right to worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and peace offerings. Then your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no claim to the Lord. If they say this, our descendants can reply, look at this copy of the Lord's altar that our ancestors made. It is not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. It is a reminder of the relationship both of us have with the Lord. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him by building our own altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, or sacrifices. Only the altar of the Lord our God that stands in front of the tabernacle may be used for that purpose. When Phinehas the priest and the leaders of the community and the heads of clans of Israel heard this from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were satisfied. Phinehas son of Eleazar the priest replied to them, Today we know that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord as we had thought. Instead, you have rescued Israel from being destroyed by the hand of the Lord. Then Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, and the other leaders left the tribes of Reuben and Gad and Gilgad and returned to the land of Canaan to tell the Israelites what had happened. And all the Israelites were satisfied and praised God and spoke no more war against Reuben and Gad. The people of Reuben and Gad named the altar Witness, for they said it is a witness between us and them that the Lord is our God too. That concludes chapter 22. Moving on to chapter 23, just a little bit of what went on there. If you'll remember yesterday, the people had begun to build an altar, and it looked like, man, you just got into God's promised land, and they're already messing up and worshiping other gods. Uh, But that's why you shouldn't assume, because we learned today as we continue reading that they weren't building an altar to another god. They were just building a remembrance, and it's very important. What wasn't an altar, they weren't sacrificing anything to it. They just wanted to have some sort of... A memorial to remember the relationship they had with God, which is very good. It's why we do the spiritual disciplines, my friends, to remind us of the relationship we have with God. It's why you're reading the Bible if you're a Christian, uh, to remind you 
of your relationship with God and to hear his spirit speaking to you. It's why you go to the gathering on Sunday to remind you. It's why you give money to remind you. It's why you do whatever it is that, that draws you closer to the Lord. It should be a memorial, a remembrance of the relationship you have with God through Jesus uh, and the relationship that he's given you. So moving on to chapter 23, verse 1. The years passed, and the Lord had given the people of Israel rest from all their enemies. Joshua, who was now very old, called together all the elders, leaders, judges, and officers of Israel. He said to them, I am now a very old man. You have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. I have allotted to you as your homeland all the land of the nations yet unconquered, as well as the land of those we have already conquered. From the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, this land will be yours. For the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now. You will take possession of their land just as the Lord your God promised you. So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land. Do not even mention the names of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Each one of you will put to fight a thousand of the enemy, of the enemy for the Lord your God fights for you. Let's read that again. Verse 10. <laughs> I messed up a little bit there. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, for the Lord your God fights for you, just as he has promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away from him and cling to the customs of the survivors of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry with them, then know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out of your land. Instead, they will be a snare and trap you. A whip for your backs and thorny barnbles in your eyes, and you will vanish from this good land the Lord your God has given you. Soon I will die going the way of everything on earth. Oh, look at that. Soon I will die going the way of everything on earth. That's a good reminder, friends. You you will die. I hope that you know that. <laughs> good morning to you as well. I, I love um, I love listening to Bible podcasts, Blake. You, know, you always just remind me of all the great joys. But it's true, we, we're going to die. And that's honestly what this book, and by this book I mean the Bible, seeks to answer, and that is the cure for death. Uh, in the kingdom we live in on this earth, uh, we are rebellious. God is life. So if we rebel from God who is life, then what is the result? Death. But this book shows us that through Jesus, through him seeking after us, uh, through him living the righteous life we could not live, dying the death we deserve to die, uh, and decisively rising again, we can be forgiven of our sins. We can have the Holy Spirit to empower us to have faith and courage and to continue moving forward. Uh, and ultimately, our future hope is that death will not defeat us. We will not taste death. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And one day we will have a physical, bodily resurrection that is to come. And you say, Blake, how can you know that's true or how can you trust in that? Well, because Jesus is the first fruits. We've already seen it once. Uh, you can't find Jesus' body. You know why? Because he, he's resurrected. And for those who trust in him, those who repent, I mean, they turn from their own wisdom to Jesus' wisdom, the power of the Spirit, believing in him, trusting him, uh, we'll get to share in that also. It's called the gospel. Anybody can do it. Uh, and uh, as Christians, we must make the daily choice to do that. Uh, not because if, if we mess up, we won't 
uh, be right with God. And we're right with God based upon what Jesus has done. It's a one-time uh, decision. It's already been made. Jesus says it is finished. But every day we must repent from our own knowledge, which leads to death, and repent back to Jesus' wisdom, which leads to life. Verse 14, soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord God, your God, has come true. Not a single one has failed. But as surely as the Lord your God has given you the good things he promised, he will also bring disaster on you if you disobey him. He will completely destroy you from this good land he has given you if you break the covenant of the Lord your God by worshiping and serving other gods. His anger will burn against you, and you will quickly vanish from the good land he has given you. Moving on to our New Testament reading for the day, Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 47. Then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They pose this question, Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, his brothers should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Sorry, I just thought of a corny preacher joke that I do not feel like I can pass by without telling you. The way you can remember that the Sadducees are the ones who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead is you see they're sad, you see, because they don't see they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. You see, they're they're sad, you see, sad you see. Yeah, okay. Anyways, sorry. Verse 29. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow, but he also died. Then the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them who died without children. Finally, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Marriage is for people here on earth, but in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they will never die again. In this respect, they will be like angels. They are children of God and children of the resurrection. But now, as to whether the dead will be raised, even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead, for they are all alive to him. Well said, teacher, remarked some of the teachers of religious law who were standing there. And then no one dared to ask him any more questions. Then Jesus presented them with a question. Why is it, he asked, that the Messiah is said to be the son of David? For David himself wrote in the book of the Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Set in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Since David called the Messiah Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? Then, with the crowds listening, he turned to his disciples and said, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property, and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. That concludes our New Testament reading for the day. And we will now move on to our proverb of the day, which is Proverbs chapter 13, verses 17 through 19. An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. 
It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. We will now move on to our psalm of the day. We'll be in Psalm 89, verses 14 through 37. This is a long psalm that we're continuing from yesterday. So instead of praying verse by verse or uh, just as we go, like I normally like to do and I would encourage you to do, uh, I'm just going to read the whole thing and then I'll pray at the end. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exult in your righteousness. You are their glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. Yes, our protection comes from the Lord. And he, the Holy One of Israel, has given us our King. Long ago you spoke in a vision to your faithful people. You said, I have raised up a warrior. I have selected him from the common people to be king. I have found my servant David. I have anointed him with my holy oil. I will steady him with my hand. With my powerful arm, I will make him strong. His enemies will not defeat him, nor will the wicked overpower him. I will beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. My faithfulness and unfailing love will be with him, and by my authority he will grow in power. I will extend his rule over the sea, his dominion over the rivers, and he will call out to me, You are my father, my rock, and the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn son, the mightiest king on earth. I will love him and be kind to him forever. My covenant with him will never end. I will preserve an heir for him. His throne will be an endless, will be as endless as the days of heaven. But if his descendants forsake my instruction and fail to obey my regulations... If they do not obey my decrees and fail to keep my commands, then I will punish their sin with the rod and their disobedience with beating. But I will never stop loving him, nor fail to keep my promise to him. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David, and in my holiness I cannot lie. His dynasty will go on forever. His kingdom will endure as the sun. It will be as eternal as the moon my faithful witness in the sky, interlude. Father God, um, I uh, I really feel like I, I have a different view on this psalm because of what we read in the New Testament. And um, as I read about your promise to David that his kingdom would never end, and I read about Jesus uh, being a descendant of David, uh, I see that your promise to David has come true, uh, that the kingdom will never end. It's an eternal kingdom that goes on forever. Because Jesus is the greater David. Jesus doesn't worship and serve David. David worships and serves Jesus. David existed uh, to point people to Jesus. And in this psalm, Lord, we see that uh, if if the descendants of David disobey, they will face your wrath. And if they obey, then they will uh, see your blessing. And yet, Lord, we know that really there's truly only one descendant of David's who fulfills this for us, and his name is Jesus, who comes and fulfills the law perfectly on behalf of all of us, so that anybody who would trust in him, anyone who would be his child, would get to enjoy the benefits of the great blessings. Lord, thank you for those blessings today. Thank you for the encouragement I find in this psalm today. I pray that it encourages others as well. Uh, Lord, as we Get up yet another day, and we need your help. We need your Spirit's help to have the faith and the courage to just take one more step and one more day as a citizen uh, in your holy kingdom. 
thanks to what Jesus has done on our behalf. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you've done. Amen. Well, that concludes our April 21st reading, and I hope that you will see me back here tomorrow for another episode of Reading Through the Bible Together.